0: All right, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Ian Hates Movies. We're going to call this Book Edition. I think it's probably the best way to do it. My special guest tonight is author Jason Pellegrini. How are you doing, man? I'm doing
1: good. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, usually on these things I'm talking about just writing in books, and yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll psych to talk about something else. Yeah, right. <laughs> other than my profession. <laughs> right. And that's very cool, actually, for me
0: to hear, just having an author on the show to say that's your profession. So in order to really just even start things off in general, so you have written The Replacement, Booth, and The Cool Kids. That's your most recent novella, right?
1: Yes, correct. Cool Kids was my uh, most recent little release, came out uh, this past September.
0: Very nice. So how has things changed now that you've done all of that?
1: Uh, It's changed a lot, and a lot of it's, Hasn't changed at all. I'm a little more disciplined now than I used to be because uh, back when I had the replacement, I was writing the replacement. I had nothing out there, so mm-hmm. I was just taking my taking my time. That took me four years. Oh, cool. but after uh, a lot of stop and go, a lot of learning. But uh, after after I put the replacement out there and I decided I wanted to continue writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need. I couldn't wait another four years, so I took. think think booth took me maybe a year, year and a half to okay. write write and edit. Mm-hmm. And again, same discipline with the cool kids. And I'm doing the same thing uh, now with my, my my third novel, my fourth my fourth story. Right. Um, you know, I'm just a little more disciplined. But other than that, you know, the process is the same. I mean I've learned a little more. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I went back and I read the replacement, there's some things I'd probably cringe at. But uh <laughs> Yeah, but I'm sure any any band who listens to like their first albums, even guys like say Metallica, sure, Foo Fighters, whoever, you know, probably listen to that first album. Like, holy crap, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> but uh, other than that, you know, it's, it's it's the same old fun gig. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, and I guess that's the main thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like work.
0: Good. Okay, that's what I like to hear. So, was that change in how long it took to get each one out? That was literally because of your discipline, or was it storytelling as well?
1: I think I probably improved a little as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was more, uh, I was more aware of like techniques, you know, what I was doing because I, I put out a first book, but a lot of it, a lot of it was discipline. Like I said, yep. I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait four years for Booth to come out. It's like, uh, I keep going back to music. I always compare writing to music a lot. Yeah. But uh it's you don't want to wait uh you don't wanna wait seven years between albums or uh, even like sequels to a movie. You probably don't wanna wait uh you know four or five years to put out a sequel to a movie. Very true. You wanna stay out there, you wanna stay relevant. So yeah, it was mostly discipline, but a lot of it I think had to do with me learning and it, it being easier. Very nice. Uh, replace replacement was a very learn as you go kind of deal.
0: Okay. So, what made you take? And this is some of these are going to be cliche questions, obviously, because okay. you know we want everyone to get to know you and everything. So, what made you want to write in the first place? Like, when did you decide? Okay, I'm going to focus on the replacement and continue on with this as my profession.
1: So the the first, I guess, spark or whatever you want to call it that uh, made me want to write happened in 2009. A friend of mine had put out a book. For Those interested, um, the book's called The Never Enders and it's by Michael Sombert. Little plug there for my friend, yeah. Um, I had picked it up just to show my support, mm-hmm. I wasn't even really big into reading back then, but uh, I, I read it and as I was reading it, I uh, I said, Oh, you know, maybe I could maybe I could write. I had some ideas because uh, about two years before, a bunch of friends and I got together and we thought we could write screenplays and uh, we awesome. couldn't. <laughs> no, we, they, don't say awesome because it wasn't awesome. No, no, I did. I said, <laughs> "Oh sure," and then. I... <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course. No, they they weren't. They were not good, uh, but I had the ideas. Yeah. So I toyed around with some ideas for about two years, on and off, with writing different things. Um, nothing really like clicked or felt right. Okay. And then I one one screenplay idea I had. That I hadn't been using was about a young cop coming into uh, the homicide unit to replace a retiring detective, and they chase a serial killer. I had my ending, which you know is my twist, which I'm not going to go into right, right now. Right, right. But you know, I was like, all right, well, uh, I'll sit on that idea and I'll think about it. And uh, it was around 2011, and you know, it just grew, and grew until I was like, all right, this is you know something I can go with, and that ended up being the replacement.
0: Very nice. So what was your background then in writing in general then? Were you going to school for that or was there something else you were doing on the side?
1: No, I had just taken a, I had taken a creative writing course in college. Mm-hmm. I've always been creative. I remember when Buffy the Vampire Slayer ended oh, yeah. in, in 2003, I didn't like the way it ended or maybe – I went back and I, I watched it recently and I did like the way it ended. So okay. maybe, back then I, maybe back then I just didn't want it to end. Ah, sure. so I had written a complete twenty two episode season. Nothing like Wow. Nothing nothing huge. Just very bare bones bullet points. But it was the twenty two episodes. Like sure. each episode, each episode had a plot, you know, and it continued on to the next you know, and it had an overarching uh story. Mm-hmm. Um and that I guess that was at the really beginning of it, but that was nothing like that was just me bored at three in the morning in, in 2003. Right. So I was 19 maybe at the point. Oh, right. Sure. So, but, uh, wait, before yeah. we – we
0: can't move on from that for a second. So I'm a big Buffy fan. So did your screenplays or your writing for that season, did that start right after the end of the show, or did you replace that final season with that? It started right
1: where the show ended. Okay. All I believe right. really, Giles says something about – uh. They're being a hellmouth in Cleveland. Like he says something to him, and and that's where they go. And then
0: ah, so you continue on from there. Okay, but
1: uh, season five of Angel doesn't count because <laughs> I had I I had written that before that aired, and all that season eight stuff Joss Whedon did. That's 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 the fan fiction. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> my stuff. My stuff's candid.
0: So uh, I have never met anyone who's done that before. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Buffy fan. I uh, I have a Buffy tattoo, actually. Of what? Of her, uh, actual ma- her? No, 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 no. The Master. The master? Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah.
0: A character that was only in for one season, right? Yeah, yeah I just love him. I loved everything about him. I mean, look, I do love that show a lot. I don't know what I would ever
1: get tattooed on me, though, from the show. I had added him to, uh like, I have a half sleeve in works in the works. Yeah. Um, just different vampires, and actually, the one had this big chunk still, you know, needs to be filled in. Mm-hmm. I was talking about tattoo artist. So we might actually do the vampire book with the, the misspelling. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I was just, I just, you know, I settled on that: Dracula, Nosferatu, Barlow from Salem's Lot, and the oh, Master. Nice. Yeah. So one thing I was briefly, very briefly debating was like a full-blown Buffy villain sleeve. You know, that wouldn't be too bad. Like honestly, the, bad. Adam, the gentleman, the master, Drusilla—you yep. know all all the works. But uh, for some reason, I don't know.
0: I think I, I got to be honest. I think Drusilla was one of my favorites for
1: sure. Yeah, Drusilla was a good one. I like I liked Spike before yep. uh, before Spike got the chip. All the soul stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No, I loved the, the great show. It was probably one of the first shows I uh, I remember being like, I had to watch. It's time to watch Bobby. I had to sit down and watch.
0: So, what else did you follow from Whedon? Because I we talked a little bit before the show. He's an influence of yours.
1: Buffy was the first thing because I, was, I was, it was 13 when Buffy came out. Okay. I never. Wa- I still haven't watched Firefly.
0: Wow. Are you saving that for a special occasion? No, I just haven't gotten around to it. It is pretty amazing. I know it's been hyped up, you know, past belief, but it is really damn good.
1: Oh, no, yeah. I, I'll check it out. Um, Buffy, obviously Angel. Yep. It was just Buffy. Buffy was. Something about it just it really clicked with me, and I, I was just like, I love the show. People ask me about my favorite TV show, but even now I'm still like, it's Buffy. It has to be.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. There were some lulls for sure, but it was definitely it's still
1: on top ten for me. Yeah, well, I get asked a lot in interviews, what who your who are your influences, and my obviously go to is Stephen King as far as right. literature goes. For the longest time, I was like, I don't know who else to say. Like, I like Harper Lee, and you know, I like bits and pieces of all this other stuff but like besides king i couldn't think of anyone but i I, I sat on it and i'm like joss whedon or like j.j abrams but i'll I'll stick to i'll stick to uh whedon right now huge huge influence because as far as story going i'm sorry storytelling goes right um it's just i think he he to learn you learn so much about like you know character interaction character development on, on a short term and a long term right because not only buffy not only after season two after season one i'm sorry there's these overarching story arcs mm-hmm. but there, there a lot of it's episode to episode like you know the, the story ends at the end of the episode yep and you you i think i i learned like that love story i think the buffy the angel love story is one of the best love stories that's been told
0: yeah no that i mean that end of season two when yes. everything goes down after Angels Evil and everything, or is that yeah, that is two right, not three. Two, yeah, yeah. Right after yeah, that whole final like four episodes or so is just amazing storytelling.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you just learned so much. And you know, branching out from even Whedon, like I said, Abrams Lost yep. was Lost was a phenomenal show. It was. I know a lot of a lot of people give a shit, but <laughs> I loved it. But I always say even better. I know we're going to be talking a little bit about movie adaptations. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to talk going to TV shows too, because oh sure, as nice as as you know movie adaptations can be, I think to truly grab the essence of a a, a good book, you have to have a you have to have a TV series, because you can tell it the way um, it's meant to be told over a long course of time. Right, and I for somebody like me, who didn't read a lot when he was young, I'll admit that mm-hmm. um, I had other things going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I probably should have been reading, other than what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I watched a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, Especially that was around the time DVDs came out, so I would just binge watch DVDs. Mm -hmm. But you you learn a lot about telling stories, and a, a book is a lot like a television show, where especially like something like Lost. Right. Where like Lost ended, like it's done. What the hell? I gotta watch the next episode because, and that's like, a that, like chapter should end and the reader should be like, holy crap, I'm not putting my book down. I don't care if it's two in the morning. I got to see right. how this ends. Agreed. And that, that was lost. That was, uh, 24 was another one where it was like, holy crap, I have to, have to keep going. Sure. <laughs> and, and developing, developing characters over years, you know. Right. But, even, oh, even course over a season, you gotta, if you want to make a book a season of a show, yep you know, you have to keep those characters interesting and, That's a perfect way to learn it. So I tell people who are like, you know, how do I hone my craft? Like, don't read a lot. But besides that, like pay attention to like your television and movies too. Right. But you'll learn so much.
0: So then even a literal translation to that where you have Game of Thrones starting out as books going to the TV show, that's why that kind of TV show caught on with so many people that might not even care about dragons and magic and everything like that. It hit on a different
1: level. It's good great storytelling and they, they were they were lucky they had the books yeah um but I'm talking about like the flip side where the where the writer is learning from what they're watching ah uh, sure gotcha yeah. but uh, uh Game of Thrones is a source subject for me now because Uh-oh. Martin's the show the show doesn't start again until what 2019 yeah and Martin's still not <laughs> Martin's still not gonna have that book out right well, oh my god
0: how did you like this season, though, where they were finally ahead of the books, right?
1: I think last season started ahead of the books. Too. Okay. After, right. after, after, I don't want to give any spoilers. It just, no, no, no. Just that, how did you like it? I, 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 I enjoyed it. I feel a lot of it was, a lot of it was like I felt rushed. Right. Like, like they say, oh, we have to go here. It's a three-day trip. Next scene, they're there. <laughs> like you know, they they could have you know maybe made a what was it, eight episodes, seven episodes.
0: Yeah, maybe even nine. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. No, it might I think have it was been like, eight or I think seven. It
1: was yeah. Seven. Okay. Uh, but you know, Game of Thrones. The thing about Game of Thrones is it it is one big story mm-hmm. from season one. So this is just them, you know, finally wrapping up, like that's coming to the climax. Right. So of course, it's, it, I always say when I write, I write with the roller coaster. I go up, uphill, and then I reach the certain point, and then it's just down to the end. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, uh that's kind of what Game of Thrones is doing right now. But I enjoy it. I'm I'm assuming Martin gave them all the, the big plot points. Right. Like maybe where the ending is actually gonna be. Yeah, and you know who's doing what with who and all right. who's related to who.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, everyone was rooting for that. <laughs>
0: yeah. A little weird. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I did want to ask you before we even talk about some more TV. When you mention Joss Whedon, what do you think of him when he goes off and he does, you know, the Avengers, and then now he's taking over for Justice League? What do you think about those type of movies?
1: I didn't know Joss Whedon was doing uh, Justice League.
0: So, if I have my story straight, unfortunately, I think Zack Snyder's daughter passed away. Ooh, that's, that's rough. Yeah, and it was during the editing process, so he left and Joss Whedon came in. And then Josh Whedon had to recut everything because, at least from what they're saying, nothing made any sense. So he had to do hundreds of millions of dollars of reshoots to try okay. and piece everything together. So I trust Josh Whedon to do something like that. But I still think that movie's a mess. But I'm also not a DC fan.
1: Yeah, and I haven't watched anything since uh, The Dark Knight okay. Rises. The Dark Knight Returns. The dark, the dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah. That
0: was it. Okay. Yeah, so you're – hey, lucky you. <laughs> lucky you. That's actually really good.
1: But I heard Batman versus Superman was a clusterfuck.
0: Yeah, it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, <laughs> Isn't
1: in We not We Trust uh, an actual like saying that goes around? It's probably a hashtag. <laughs> I yeah, it's definitely – I trust Joss Whedon. Uh, didn't he also create Toy Story? Did he really? I didn't know that. He had, he had some kind of hand in Toy Story. I don't know if it was creating or writing, but he definitely he definitely was attached to Toy Story. Oh okay. Avengers Avengers I liked. Yeah. Uh, again, I I'm terrible with. I was just talking about when I was younger. Oh, I would just binge watch television shows. Yeah. I'm terrible now. I <laughs> Stranger Things is like I'm itching to watch it, and I still haven't gotten around to watch it. Yeah,
0: same The, here. Second,
1: the second season, but uh, it's just point getting older. I guess I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like maybe I like reading and writing now. I don't know.
0: You've completely done the opposite change, it's great yeah, <laughs> very nice. Well, I know when we had started talking, it was because of the Dark Tower, right?
1: Yes, I tweeted something about the Dark Tower. I think it was uh, lucky I have such a good memory, <laughs> <laughs> although I-, I couldn't remember my dad's birthday the other day, so oh really, I guess, I-, I guess I'm remembering the bad th- the things I should be remembering. I had tweeted asking people what their favorite installments of that series was ah okay. I- I- you had responded. Uh, by the way, Wizard in the Glass, which was a good in- installment of that series, mm-hmm. but I think ran away with it. Right. Which I was I was a little shocked by because people in my circle of Reddit say since it, that's the four hundred and fifty page flashback. Oh sure. People are like, ah, it's not my favorite, but apparently the internet just loved it. But yeah, we, we
0: it was a Dark Tower tweet. What is and we might as well answer this. What was your favorite?
1: I I always go to Wolves of the which is ah, like uh, sure fifth installment, fifth installment two, which was drawing of the three was really good. Yes. I always get I always get shit or like people glare at me when I I did not <laughs> like the I did not like the Wastelands, not was at all. Th- which wow, was three yeah. See, I would have thought the people
0: that would get the weirdest stares would be people that say the Gunslinger, the first one, because that one wasn't necessarily written the best.
1: Oh, no. And- it was weird because it was written I believe it was written before Kerry was written. Yeah, it's and if, if anyone listening to this who knows more about King than I do, please don't like, you know, <laughs> judge, judge me if I got this wrong. But a lot of the it was before it was definitely written before King found his King voice. Sure. So it's 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 not like reading a King book at all. And in many ways in King of it's it's a prologue to yeah. the to the series. I agree. So a lot of it's just like what am I reading? Right. But uh, it's it's a, it's a fun story. It's fun enough to call enjoyable, at least.
0: Yeah. It's just when you when you weigh it up to all the rest, it's not one of those ones where it's all oh, the
1: original is the best. I don't think yeah. many people say that. I just couldn't get a – I remember like reading chunk passages of The Wasteland and being mm-hmm. like, I don't remember what I just read.
0: <laughs> well, let's even turn it around a little bit. So Stephen King is definitely an influence of yours. You're a huge influence on mine, yes. Was the Dark Tower series what you started with? Because if you didn't read too much <laughs> when you were younger, when did you start?
1: Uh, no, I, I was – I'll tell a quick story. I started reading Stephen King in, in, around when I started writing. Okay. I'd asked a fr- I'd asked a friend uh, for advice on writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had also asked the friend who had written the book and published the book for advice on writing. Both of them said, go out and buy On Writing by Stephen King. Ah, sure. So then, like, I kept getting reminded because he kept bringing up uh, books he had written or stories on how, like, his ideas came to him. Like, mm-hmm. misery. I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, Stephen King wrote Misery. Oh, yes, yeah, Stephen King wrote The Shining. Oh, crap. I didn't even know Stephen King wrote The Green Mile. <laughs> sure. um, so the first Stephen King book I read was, uh, with the exception of on writing, was Misery. Okay. But, uh, but back to the, the Dark Tower. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I had waited. I, I don't have my timeline linked off. Maybe 2010. No. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> I I had the point. The story I wanted to tell was I had just read the Harry Potter series. Okay. A seven seven book installment. Right. Breezed right through it. Mm-hmm. First of all, first of all, it's it's a children's story essentially. Yeah. But it's so it's so well written. J.K. Rowling just told like such a you know amazing story, captivating. But I'm like. The Dark Tower was always in the back of my head. It was on my to-do list. I'm like, oh, I just breezed through seven books of uh, Harry Potter. I can definitely breeze through the seven books of <laughs> Dark Tower, not even, like, having an idea that, like, these are two completely two different things. Right. Like, uh, it was it took a month for me to read, maybe a little more than a month to read all seven Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. By book four of The Dark Tower, I was like, nah, I got it. I was fortunate enough that he, he was about to release um, – Went through the keyhole, oh, okay. which is a, which is a story that takes place between books four and five. Right, right. So I'm like, I'll just wait for that one, so I can read in <laughs> order. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh my god, I have my excuse to stop. Right, right. And that's not a knock on King; it's just a, it's, it's it's a great, huge story. Right. That's four thousand something pages, and it's just holy crap. You right. get you get to you get to by the time I hit book four, and I realize I have four hundred something pages of a flashback. Yes. To read. Right. Uh, it's time for a break. Not, it's not like reading Harry Potter. <laughs> no,
0: no, it's really not. Like no, not at all. it took me a while to read the dark tower as well, but that was because I had spaced out, you know, different books that I wanted to read on top of that, going through high school and college and all that kind of stuff. So that's definitely happened. The only time that I really, cause I read Harry Potter as well. I wasn't going to, and then when the final book came out, people were like, you got to read this. You got to give it a chance. So I read through. The only time that I really lagged during Harry Potter was in that seventh book because I don't think that she writes traveling parts well.
1: Yeah, I know what the seventh book was. The was the only one I gave four stars on Goodread, I think, um, but yeah, I don't know if it was because of the traveling, but uh, it was definitely the book that I felt was like, I guess the-ish. I do not say-ish. I thought it was really good. Yeah, 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 not yeah. worth not worthy of that that five star.
0: Yeah, because yeah. The two parts in that book that killed me and, you know, some people are just like, oh, no, Harry Potter is perfect. The two parts were I don't think she writes well when she separates people. So when the three of them are just walking through the woods trying to decide on what to do, I don't think that was as coherent as when King writes people traveling. Mm -hmm. And then the second part was like she only focused on that final battle, but then listed off main characters that were killed that she never talked about. And she could have easily gone in and talked about them.
1: It was, it was Lupin and Tonks one of
0: them? Yeah, and the, the brothers and a bunch of other people, too. And I was like...
1: you dedicated... Sorry for spoiler alerts, by the way, people. It's think, been a while. Look. It's been a, it's been a while.
0: Unless five-year-olds are listening to this show. Yeah, <laughs> think...
1: yeah. The, the, the statute of limitation has passed. We are, we are resolved of all blame. Plus... I'll
0: also mention this. For Ian Hates Movies, that's the whole point of the show is we're spoiling everything that happens. We go almost scene by scene a lot of times through yeah. the movies. So people have to deal with it. <laughs> so it is. But yeah, I've always thought that King does a great job with the traveling scenes, with the the little minute details that really get you into it. But then sometimes you can get staggered with how much you know you still have to read.
1: Well, see... have you read the stand
0: yes and i've read the abridged version or whatever what's the difference it's when when you add the extra parts to it on a bridge bridge. there we go
1: yeah it's an extra that's the only one i've read because i remember that one's crazy so aunt at thanksgiving when i was reading it and she's like oh isn't the isn't the book great when it starts off with red outside and the the car crashes through the gas station i'm like that's not what (laughs) (laughs) happened she's like what i'm like Which one did you read? I mean, when did you read it? She's like, the 1970s? I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah, we're reading different ones.
0: Yeah, a little bit different.
1: Yeah. Uh, Back to the original point, and it goes to J.K. Rowling, too. Um, The middle of that book, for me, was rough. And that's the part where they're they're all, they all have to converge on Boulder. Boulder. And it's just a lot of them walking and walking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also why I don't think, I think The Two Towers was. You know that took me like two months to read. It, it should have taken me like two weeks. Ah, uh, sure. A lot of it was a lot of walking too. But like, that King's probably influenced from uh, Tolkien, and I'm sure J.K. Rowling's probably influenced by Tolkien too. Oh, sure.
0: Yeah, isn't everyone but, by uh, now probably? <laughs> yeah. George R. R. Martin.
1: But you know every book, yeah, every book has that. Every book has that moment where you're like, "This is going to slow down a little bit." Right. Deal with it. We're going <laughs> to keep it as interesting as we can. Right.
0: No, very true. I I've lost where our original point was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think we were talking about uh, we we're talking about King and uh, and influences. Oh, our original 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 point was definitely uh, my influence. Right. Stephen King was a huge influence of mine because uh, a I you know what it is I write what I write what I want to read or the story that I want to be told is the story that I tell. Right. That just so happens to coincide with a lot of what Stephen King, how he tells his stories. Mm-hmm. I've gotten some some comparisons to Stephen King, especially with the replacement, but I think that was a lot of uh, imitating your uh, your influences. because oh, sure. my, my, my goal was, I was like, if I'm at least in that con- ever mentioned in that conversation, mm-hmm. that was like my yardstick. If I'm ever in that conversation where somebody's like, this guy's as good as King. I'll be like, all right, I, I've made it in <laughs> some. That's that was my like, okay, I'm good. Right. Uh, that was my validation. So I had gotten it a little bit with the replacement, um, but then I realized like, oh, you know, that's just uh, that's just me imitating my, my big influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but after I released Booth, I was starting to get like this this story. So you know, it doesn't remind us of King, but this story is on par with King. Right. Which was a huge a huge thing for me oh for sure but, yeah but uh back to the influence again back to <laughs> again back to that we just so happen to you know the story that he tells is so happens the story that i enjoy and like i said i'm going to tell the story that i enjoy I, I i strongly believe that characters move a story more than plot moves a story right um you can tell like the greatest you the greatest plot line ever but if I don't give a crap about the characters. I'm not going to care about the story. Absolutely. And even on the, the adverse side of that, if you have like, eh, story, mm-hmm. but you have such strong characters, they can do, you can tell me a story about kids playing in the park, but if I like those freaking, those, those the kids or right. the parents or whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I'm engrossed. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's how I think that's how I think King gets away with writing thousand page books because you care so much yes. about his characters. Right. That they can do anything and everything, and you're like, all right, I'm in, I'm invested. Have you read The Long Walk before? I just read it this uh, this year. I start every I start every year off with a Stephen King book. Oh, and I tweet I tweeted this year. I'm like, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna read this this author, Richard Bach. <laughs> did you get a lot
0: of literal people that were like, Hey, did you know that Stephen King? No,
1: no, <laughs> thank th- thank God. Cause I would <laughs> I try to be very like nice on Twitter, but somebody said that, like, come on, guy. Right, right. (laughs) Come on. you. I know you can't read sarcasm, but it's spewing through the page.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, I'll tell you, that is my all-time favorite book. Really? Yeah. That is the book that got me into Stephen King. That's my all-time favorite, and I have a tattoo dedicated to the book as well. Awesome. So tell me, I didn't get to read your tweets about it, so what did you think? Uh,
1: I remember... It kept me captivated. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the ending – something about the ending. I like. Fr- first of all, I don't think King is uh, – I don't want to say he's, he, he doesn't always have good endings, but sometimes he really – I'll say shits the bed because he's not going to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's a big fan of mine. If I ever made him, I'd be like, I love all your, I love all your stories and all your endings are great. Right. <laughs> You've never done anything wrong, I promise you. Oh, of
0: course, <laughs> yeah. Not even selling your movies and not caring about how they get adapted to film.
1: I think uh, I think he has to have some idea, because if I, I'm not mistaken, Joe Hill, his son, for anyone who's now, wrote the end of 112263. Oh, did he really? I didn't know that. I believe he did. Wow, I, okay. I, I def, I've definitely heard that. I haven't done much source checking, but I think he read King's ending, and he was like, this should be your ending instead. And King was like, absolutely, we'll use that. Huh.
0: And by the way, I do agree with you. The ending is probably the softest spot, I guess, for the long walk. Does he make it? He makes it, right? Uh, see, that's. I think he leaves it very vague. That's probably I think what it was. He leaves it extremely vague. But I think what gets me about that story is just what you were talking about before. That story is completely character development because they are literally just walking down a road until every single person is dead except for one. So how do you well, make people care about that?
1: Well, first of all, I want to know why this is. I don't. He doesn't go into why this is happening, right?
0: So basically, it's a, it's before the Running Man. So we kind of took a little bit of the story to make the Running Man. But basically, they're in that post-apocalyptic. Not like the world is ended, but it's a totalitarian government. Okay. So in order to keep the uprising of young men from happening, you get rid of a bunch of them every single year. And make it that the person who wins gets whatever they want for the rest of their life. So that's the ultimate goal.
1: Okay. Yeah, he's really good at uh, like I remember reading that and reading Gerald's game where I was like, yeah, I, I, it's a great concept, but and maybe I could if I really sat down and put the thought into it. Mm-hmm. But I, how he's able to tell such a you know a long story, well, short by his standards. Well, right. Like right. A, a full blown story out of that those tiny concepts like I, I just read gerald's game so i'm gonna use that for example well let's talk about that yeah all right women get woman gets handcuffed to bed by husband in a cabin in the middle of nowhere he dies she's stuck first of all that i'm a such a situational reader mm-hmm. like that's what freaks me out like if i'm reading something i can imagine it happening to me and how i i, I that's why the martian freaked me out too <laughs> But um, I'll am i stay with Gerald's game right now. Let
0: me stop you just for a second. How many beds have you been handcuffed to that you're worried about this?
1: None, but you can, <laughs> you can think about it.
0: Had to throw that in there.
1: No, no, no I don't have any I can't I can't handcuff my headboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after reading Gerald's game, you, you'd never be able to.
0: Right, right. I have never read it before, but then the Netflix movie came out. And it had very high Rotten Tomatoes ratings, so I was like, "Hey!" And I really enjoyed it until the ending.
1: When she gets out.
0: No, it was more the man, the uh,
1: oh, creature yeah.
0: thing. But I guess my question to you also is: first, obviously, what did you think of it? But then also, how closely related to the novella was that?
1: Well, um, Legero's game was a, a full novel
0: taken my, my yeah, yeah it
1: was it wasn't it wasn't part of famous collections okay um it was it was it, it was good it, I thought it was v- very bad. so I had I had tweeted after I uh I watched it I said good adaptation takes out the fat and somebody was like there's no such thing as fat in a Stephen King book whoa and again <laughs> this is me this is me being you know as in the middle, I don't want to argue with anyone on Twitter. Right, right. I definitely don't want to argue with on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, sorry, I kept my mouth shut, but it, uh, I'm going to say it here. So, person, whoever you are, if you're listening, this is to you. There's fat in every book. Yes. Very every true. book. Yeah. And, and it belongs there. It belongs in books. Right. But sometimes it does not resonate to the screen. Agreed. Now, in Gerald's game... She's hearing – I don't she has voices in her head of people from her past. Right. Uh, I, I believe her psych, her psychologist and like somebody she went to like maybe college with. Oh, so they cut um, they're all just, that out then. Well, what they did was they cut them out and they replaced them with Gerald. Right. Who she's seeing as like a specter or whatever, a figment of her imagination. Right. And herself. Exactly. Who is not handcuffed to the bed. Mm-hmm. So – instead of introducing these two characters, which the viewer had not read in Gerald's game, is not going to know who they are and how are you're going to explain who they are. Right. They, they found a way around that, to, but yet portrayed the same point that King was trying to make, which I thought, I thought that was very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the rape scene was toned down, thankfully. Uh, sure. Because watching it, even for what they did, I was like, oh, right. But reading it, I was kind of like, and there, I'll say in Booth, there is a, uh, a, an almost rape scene in Booth. Okay. Um, in writing that, I so I've written rape scenes. Yeah. But re- reading it in uh, Gerald's game, I was like, oh, wow. But I guess maybe there's a difference between a re- being the reader and the writer. So, by the way, from just seeing the movie, there were
0: possibly two rape scenes in that? Are you talking about the father or are you talking about him, Gerald? The father. Okay, all right. Because they definitely toned that down a lot, but I wasn't sure if you were considering at the beginning when he actually, when Gerald passes, if that would be considered a rape scene too because she didn't seem to want to be into what he was doing.
1: Yes, that, that happens in the, and maybe that, I think the, the point in the book, and I think she kind of goes into it in the movie, is that she keeps saying, let me go, and he's kind of playing along. He thinks that she's playing along, or... Yeah. He wants. He's pretending that he thinks she's playing along. Mm-hmm. So when he's trying to force himself on her, and she in in the book she kicks him, which causes okay. the heart attack. In the movie, he just has the heart attack if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's King's way of like foreshadow. It was like a trigger, her trigger. Right. Because doesn't he say
0: something like "Call me daddy" or something like that? And that's when she snaps. Originally, is he mentions something about like "Oh, I'm your daddy" or something? And she's like, "Why the fuck are you saying that?"
1: Yeah, 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 but as the, as the reader, you you, know, you have no idea what that means. Exactly. Right, what, right. Yeah, but you find out later on. But uh, I, as, back to the original point. We, keep, well, we didn't get too far off point. We this do time. tangents
0: on the show all the time. This works.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was as far as king adaptations go, and we'll get into the bad ones. Oh yeah. Um, this this one was good. Oh, I, I, I feel like adaptations in general these days compared to you know maybe twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Daylight um, they, like, they want to stick so much they want to, they want to do the book right by the book so that's a, I just also see, watched uh, 1922, which was a novella by Stephen King. Yep. and uh, I thought again that was very, very true to the book with, mm-hmm. with cutting actually there wasn't much fat in that one, but uh yeah no like adaptations these days, and Gerald's game is one of them where it's like if you're a fan of the book, you're going to be a fan of the movie. Okay, unless we're talking about the dark Tower
0: <laughs> yes and oh man I Definitely ripped that apart in a past episode. That's for sure.
1: I believe that they are discussing or they've hinted or something that the HBO show is just going to be a reboot.
0: Okay. And is it a guarantee that the HBO show is actually happening?
1: I thought it was greenlit. Unless the movie, unless they green-lit it and the the movie came out. And they're like, yeah, maybe
0: not. Yeah, I mean, I know they're going to check, you know, Blu-ray and DVD sales, I'm sure, and streaming stuff. Because I think it came out this week, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, I had no idea. Yeah,
0: I saw one commercial for it. And I was like, oh, I guess it's out. But I don't think I could watch that again.
1: No, so I I didn't hate it. I walked out of it. I walked out of it. it (laughs) A a satisfied watcher. Oh, oh, I thought... The way you started
0: that sentence, I thought you literally walked out of it at some no, point. No, no. Okay. All right. When
1: when the movie concluded and the credits rolled, <laughs> the lights came on. I got it out of my seat. There you go. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was sitting outside with uh with my friends. Most of them had read it, or were in the process of reading it. Sure. And uh, we 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 all agreed. Like obviously, this is you know, the if there's anything less than the bare bones, this was it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a fun movie. Like you, if you go. It all it's, it all it all goes on expectation really. If you're going into it, it's like oh, it has to be like the dark tower of the books. Uh, then you're gonna walk out after the first three seconds, like literally right. walk out. Oh in yeah, in the middle of the opening credits. Yeah, it's completely um, yeah. If you go into it, like I did knowing, and I think King had driven this home. I think every everyone had driven this home attached to the movie it was like this is not going. This is like a soft adaptation.
0: See, I don't remember. The lead up being like that because they did a Reddit AMA, like I want to say a week or so before the movie came out with the writer and director, the screenplay writer and director. Mm-hmm. And and I forget what his name is, but he was talking. He was answering all these questions from diehard fans saying, no, no, I'm a huge fan of this book. Obviously, we put in three books together, parts of three books. You get the gist of the characters like this is an adaptation the way fans want it to be. And he talked about all that kind of stuff. So I was originally going into it like, hey, this isn't going to be anything like it. We'll see if it's just a good movie. And then when I read that, that changed my mind a little bit. And then I got completely let down.
1: Yeah, no, I I didn't. I, I'm not on Reddit. <laughs> so I don't, I don't see any of that stuff. I hear about it, but I, I'm so bad with social media. Um, I understand. I understand. But... uh. I went into it saying, like, all right, I have no expectations. If you have zero expectations for it, then, you know, you could at least maybe enjoy it. Um, so that's was, that was my take on The Dark Tower. But, but that's the original, the original point. It wasn't one of those movies where it's like, we're going to stay super true to the book. Right. Because I don't even know how you could.
0: No, it's true. I just wish they had made some better, like, the overarching part of The Dark Tower movie for me was that it seemed more like a YA novel. Mm -hmm. They focused it on Jake. They gave him psychic powers. They made it all about him and like, oh, we're going to go on adventures at the end. And I was like, that is – like it took probably three or four books for Roland to smile at Jake, let alone be like, hey, you're pretty much my son now. Why don't you come join me on adventures?
1: Yeah, and there, there, they also put things in there and I discussed with somebody that unless you know the story, you – you aren't going to get it because they have Pennywise's, and I, I don't know how they're going to handle the second it, But I'm right. about to drop some book spoilers, so so hit hit that 15 second thing if you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to hear it. So the tower sits on the back of the turtle, mm-hmm. and the turtle is Pennywise's greatest enemy or whatever. Correct from sure. yeah, sure. So but they put in they put in Pennywise's carnival into the dark tower. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to understand. You're not going to understand the connection because I don't think they mentioned the turtle at all. In the It
0: adaptation, they show they mention a turtle that someone stepped on one, and then Bill is playing with a turtle in his brother's room, and he falls and crashes when he goes downstairs and sees Pennywise there.
1: I don't remember that. I will see the movie. I thought it was a re- I thought that was that was, good. that was a good movie. Yeah, it was. It was. But back to the dark. T- they put in things like. I caught on because I knew the story. Yeah. You know, and I was familiar with it. And uh, I was familiar with everything, you know, the connected dark tower to all Stephen King's works. Right. So for me, I was like, oh, I get correlation. But for somebody who has no idea, they're going to be, oh, maybe they'll see him. Oh, Pennywise, that's the guy from it. Right. He did it. So I don't don't know why you're trying to shove things in there that most people aren't going to get.
0: It was very strange the way they did that movie because it seemed like, sure, they throw in those little pieces for people like us that know all the surrounding universe. But then they were trying to make it for new people to come in, but at a really fast pace. That movie was only an hour and a half long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a reboot with the HBO show if they continue to go with it.
0: I would certainly enjoy that. So that is not my worst Stephen King adaptation. I'm assuming it might not be your worst one either, especially because you were okay with it slightly. So what is your worst Stephen King adaptation?
1: I should have thought about this before I came on there. <laughs> uh, my problem is, <laughs> I guess I'm trying to think of something like, oh, I don't want people to crucify me for saying this, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I did not like The Shining at all. There you it go. Was bad. All right. I'm sorry. You're just like Stephen King then. Yeah, no re- disrespect to Jack Nicholson. The guy is fucking genius. Right. Um, uh, I mean, he's Jack Nicholson in every movie, but luckily, oh, sure. Jack
0: Nicholson is. Just crazy, yeah. So fucking awesome, yeah. <laughs> he
1: can he can play uh, Jack Jack Torrance, yes, right. Jack and he can play he can play the Joker because he's just psychotic, yeah, right. But the I don't, the things they they did, I just I had just read the book, okay. When I watched the movie, and I was like, this is this is again nothing. This is not paying homage to a book. This is just taking a concept and kind of going with it. Because the twins aren't in the book, right? No.
0: I don't no, think so.
1: Yeah. No, no, there's a lot. I mean,
0: the whole ending is completely different. Well, that's the one thing people make fun of King for saying how much he hated that adaptation. But when, you know, random websites do top 10 lists of worst Stephen King adaptations, they don't put The Shining on that list because they're considering it a good movie. But as a book adaptation, it's
1: really bad. No, absolutely. And, uh, see, so the problem with a lot of it is, um, for me, I just some people can look past bad, cheesy '80s early '90s horror movies, mm-hmm. and I can't. I watch it, and that's why I, I, it is another one. You know, it gets so much praise, and again, this is nothing against that that movie has such an amazing cast. You know, Tim Curry, oh, sure, uh, sure. John John Ritter. Yeah, Ritter. It? It. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's just I don't know. It's just kind of cheesy, and yeah, oh, it's can't hell. Yeah. It, it just takes away from uh it takes away from you know the story
0: so do you think all those tv adaptations like the langoliers the stand storm of the century all that stuff that came out for stephen king books most of them were pretty campy because they're made for tv movies so does that ruin
1: all of those for you i never finished the stand watching it um but even that i guess i that one wasn't so bad i remember trying to watch it and i got like and as an adult, when I say re-watching these, um, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get... I don't think I got through the first part of it. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, with, with that band, no, I'm done. I'm good. Damn. Uh, okay. So I got further in the stand um, than I did in it. I've never seen Pet Cemetery. Not, no, I have seen Pet Cemetery. I'm sorry. I've never seen Salem's Lot, Okay. which is weird because I have the Barlow tattoo. Yeah, but, right. But maybe you don't want it ruined for you. No, uh, maybe. But Barlow, Barlow is one of my favorite... Favorite not only Stephen King characters, but right. Barlow is one of my favorite, you know, characters ever. Right, right, right. Um, so when I it came time to get a Barlow tattoo, first I don't think there's any uh, representations of Barlow other than what's from the you know the movie. Yeah, I have it in black and white, so he's not bright blue and smart. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, so a lot of the old stuff just from the campiness, um, it doesn't it, it takes away from me. Mm-hmm. I think once they hit the the, the mid '90s, maybe, or maybe the later that mid '90s, because Shawshank was brilliant. Yeah. And uh, oh, and I will exempt Stand by Me, <laughs> that because that was good. Yes, yes. That was good, and I believe that was done in the '80s, 90s, maybe early '90s. '90s,
0: early '90s. 90s. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe people started to come around saying, maybe we should, you know, do some do right by these
0: right. great stories. Were you a little bit inspired by that?
1: with your new novella so yeah yeah i literally just got asked that question on a podcast i did it a few weeks ago oh yeah, yeah. um uh, no yeah i expected to hear it a whole bunch more i, <laughs> I honestly did i got the idea for the cool kids i uh i had a picture of my god kids mm-hmm. my uh their mom had posted a photo of them where they're sitting on a park bench they got their little sunglasses on they're not looking at the camera they, they're not smiling they look badass <laughs> picture, pictures in black and white it looks like uh, the back of like a, a record yeah yeah so I just I'm like oh, I'm posting this actually I, it's printed and hanging on my wall but uh, I'm like I'm, I'm posting this on you know social media it's so awesome mm-hmm. so I just I, I I captured it the cool kids yeah so I'm like wow the cool kids that would be a great name for uh, a novella so the picture wasn't even my inspiration it was the, the caption so when they say inspiration comes from anywhere that like oh I captured a photo something so I I got the thinking, and uh, maybe in some you know subliminal way, "Stand by Me" was or the body. Nobody, you know. I well, don't my right. tweets. I don't get tweets saying it's the body. <laughs> right. Um uh maybe in some ways it was there because it's such a such a piece of a say like Americana. It could be. So, could be. yeah. So maybe a little bit, but not directly. I, I wasn't. I wasn't going into like I want to write my "Stand by Me." Well yeah,
0: I I would hope you wouldn't do that anyways in general, but yeah. Just uh, the story that I've been able to see seems similar in a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh I mean it's about kids going into the woods to go on an adventure. Right. Is, you know, it could be it could be a hundred different stories, but No, very. True. But no, the, the 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 inspiration did not come from King. Okay. At least directly. Um but Stand by Me is exempt from the cheesy movie list. Right. Uh, well, before we talk about my favorites, let's talk about which ones did you hate. So I hate a lot of them, I would say for <laughs> sure,
0: because Stephen King means so much to me. I mean, I have multiple tattoos. It's not just the, uh, okay. it's, yeah, it's not just the long one. Yeah,
1: watch. I have a, I have a Dark Tower one in the works.
0: Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I got one as well. So I mean, seeing the movie doesn't hurt that because we always have the books. So yeah, yeah, you know, sure. it doesn't bother me that way. So the worst one I've ever seen was actually pretty recent. It was last year. And it was the one for Cell.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't even see that. But you know what? I, I heard it was coming out, and then I saw nothing about it. Yep. So you have to assume it's bad.
0: Uh, yeah, it was only released video on demand. But okay. it starred John Cusack and Sam Jackson. Oh, Sam Jackson does everything. Well, yeah, I, that's true. It's definitely not in this. I mean, <laughs> like you couldn't have two people that had less chemistry. And they did such a great job in 1408. It was just like they must not have been getting paid enough, but they bastardized that story. It was nothing similar to the book whatsoever, except that there were zombies. That's it.
1: I haven't read Cell, actually.
0: Cell actually isn't bad. Okay. It's really not bad. It's a quick read, too. It's not that much.
1: All right. Um. I mean, uh, my plan is to get through his entire freaking wow. biography. But uh, I own all his books in hardcover.
0: Oh, really? Wow. Okay. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yes, but the guy keeps putting out. He just announced a new book, and he just put out a new book. Oh, after Sleeping Beauties? Yeah, The Outsiders, I believe it's called. <laughs> Is it a remake of the movie? <laughs> no, no, it's due out in June. Well, I guess that gives us uh, so some. So that time. like, yeah, but he keeps putting out new books. So I'm like, when am I going to read these old ones? You never have any time. Yeah, but uh, I plan on getting to him eventually. He has something like I looked on IMDb. It's like 46 titles that are in the works. Wow.
0: Shit. <laughs> and he even mentioned and I think he does this just to keep people interested as well. But he said he might be writing a new Dark Tower book as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they just announced they just announced the director for Pet Cemetery. I thought the
0: original Pet Cemetery was very good.
1: I didn't think it was terrible. I have seen that in its entirety and for, like I said, an eighties movie. It wasn't bad.
0: Yeah, I mean seeing Gage walk out there, like I thought that kid was awesome in that movie. Yeah. And it was heart wrenching. That that's a heart wrenching movie. And book.
1: Pet Cemetery was one of the few books that freaked me out. Like I, Oh yeah. And from what I understand he had to stop writing it. He he got so freaked out by it, he put it in like a draw for a couple of years. Yep. So there were I, I I didn't have to put it away for that long, but there was parts where I like I'm reading it, I read a scene, I put my bookmark in, I close it down, I just put it on the nightstand. and I just stare at the ceiling, like, <laughs> alright, one Mississippi, two Mississippi alright, I'm back. I don't know if you ever watch Friends or not. I love I love Friends as much as I love Buffy.
0: Oh, well then you remember the episode where Joey used to read The Shining over and over again. Put in the, put in yeah, the freezer. Yeah, you put it in the freezer. <laughs> so let me ask you. So besides the campy stuff, is there anything besides The Shining that you just didn't like whatsoever?
1: No. I'm sure there is. I, I, I haven't read The Mist, but I don't remember liking the movie, but I can't mace- make the comparison. I couldn't get into – 112263 which oh, is sure. weird. Yeah, I couldn't either actually. Yeah. The the book is absolutely freaking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um and JJ Abrams is absolutely freaking amazing. Right, right. Was it James Franco? Was that the killer for you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know, it might just be cuz I just I can't I can't get into TV shows. Like I said I am going to watch a TV show and uh you know and then it, I I it just fell off.
0: Ah, uh, sure. Okay.
1: But then again, First episode of Stranger Things I put on, I watched it in one day. So if a show's show's good, it's good. But my aunt watched it, and she read the book, and she she was complaining about the series too.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Stephen King hasn't had good series because even the myths failed.
1: But uh, Mercedes got picked up again, I believe. Yeah,
0: I heard that that was very close to the book. That is a Stephen King book that I
1: hate. I always gave it a Stephen King book that I can do without. I'm not going to say hate, but <laughs> I, I can do with that? I let hate flow, so it works yeah. well. Um, well, it's in the title of your podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um. Did you like the second book? I would not read the second book. Read it. Read it. I'm telling. Because I, I, when I finished Mercedes, I yep. was left with a, a feeling of like, eh, whatever. Right. But, and then I, uh, Finders Keepers is the second one. Yeah. And yep. I loved, I, was, I am in love with Finders Keepers.
0: See, I had a friend who read that one and the next one, because there's three, right?
1: Yes, and the watch wasn't bad. And the, so it goes, man. To really good, to like, okay, this is the ending. So
0: yeah, maybe I can work my way back to it. The only I have Sleeping Beauties because I went and saw Stephen King talk about it, and they gave a hard Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I want to read that. Did you guys sign one? Yes, I did. I didn't. <laughs> Super shocked that I got it because I never get that at all.
1: I went with my my friend a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and we had gone a few years back to the same kind of deal with Dr. Doctor Me too. Yeah. Where, where he, he was with Owen. Yep. Owen was uh, advertising his book, I think, Double Feature or whatever.
0: Oh, okay. But same deal. Sure. You
1: get the book at the end, half of them are signed. Yep. I got the signed one, my friend did it. This time, my friend got it, <laughs> and I did it. So we're like, oh, that's fair. And meanwhile, I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, right.
0: I've seen Stephen King live three times. And the first two, I didn't get a signed book. And then this time... My friend and I, who were both in the same place in line, we both got signed books. Nice. So I don't know nice, how that nice, happened, nice. but it worked out well. But look, by the way, I love Dr. Sleep. I thought that was a great sequel.
1: I thought it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I wasn't over the moon for it, but... I thought that was a good closing to the story. Yes, yes, yes. But
0: they can't make that into a movie because it doesn't follow The Shining movie.
1: I think it, I, I think it was on the INDB list. Really? I think that's so.
0: interesting. Maybe it'll just be a direct-to-TV movie or something then.
1: Maybe. You know what else is on it? Um, Joyland. Oh, I'm really? i psyched when I saw Joyland. Oh, that's I not I love Joyland. It almost made me cry.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I can see that happening. Um, I wonder, was Revival
1: on there? Revival was on it. But I, I enjoyed Revival.
0: Yeah. I loved Revival. I told my parents to read it because my parents read Stephen King as well. And mm-hmm. my mom got really pissed at me. She didn't like it? She hated it. Well, she... She's sort of religious, so she hated everything okay. about that book. And I was like, but you listen – I mean, I was like, you read Stephen King all the time. He does that about religion, but I think she just hated the finality of what that book was because that's probably one of the worst endings possible for a book. And not worse is in bad. Worse is in there's no happy ending here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's sort of the ants, right?
0: Yeah. The killer – Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> – my problem is he put that out right after Doctor Sleep, and he does this throughout all of his books. Um, he's obsessed with the drug addict, and I know obviously you're gonna write what you know. It's no big secret that Stephen King has had his issues with uh, substance abuse. Yeah, see Dreamcatcher. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, like he, he did it the the book before with Doctor Sleep. Right. Like so, I don't know. It, that, that, it's a little stuff like that it annoys me because I personally, you know. If I have alcoholism saying, like, two stories in a row, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I can't be in the next one. Ah, uh, sure. Then I'll save it for another. But, like, he, I, I don't know, maybe because he can, because he's Stephen fucking King. <laughs> um, Good point. But, I don't know, I, I think it's, like, uh, it's repetitive. And that was my only gripe. With revival? With revival. He just, he, he just went back to the, you know, the drug addict. You
0: know. Yeah. It was classic King. It definitely who was. Who recovers?
1: Who who most of his drug uh, addicts in his books re- usually recover. They have that like, yeah. redemption moment.
0: Yeah, and that's maybe why that's why you didn't like The Shining so much as well as cuz there was no redemption moment in mm-hmm. the actual movie, so. That makes sense. Yeah. So, King, we got your influence there. Is there anyone else bookwise, author-wise that you looked up to? Was it Tolkien? Was it something else?
1: Oh. Uh... Well, actually, you know, I still haven't read uh, *Return of the King*. That's that's on my it's on my to read list every year. I never get along. Wow. With. Okay. But Tolkien, as far as that story goes, I mean, it's just an amazing story. And uh, I remember when we, we, we first started talking about doing this podcast, I said like I want to uh, I want to touch upon movies that director or writer editions helped improve the story. Good point. Yeah, let's do that. And Lord of the Rings is that for me. I think Peter Jackson and uh, his wife, whose name escapes me right now. Oh, I don't um, know. (laughs) Yeah, they did a wonderful job, wonderful job. I think they're still married. But anyway, what they added in, and Arwen comes to mind. Oh, sure. Um, Those who aren't familiar with the book, Arwen, I think, has like two speaking lines. Right. um, In Fellowship. If you've seen the movies, she has a a much larger larger part. Yeah, Yeah, much larger part. Yeah. but I thought it, it it added to the story. Mm-hmm. It added to Aragorn. Sure. Um, Aragorn in the movies was more conflicted about you know his his claim to the throne, which I thought they just did. They just did stuff. They added stuff. Like they thought it. They thought about it. Right. They said they at least that's how I see it. They thought like how are we going to if we're going to add this how are we going to do right by the movie. Instead of people who will just butcher a story, just to add something or whatever, or do whatever they add, just they didn't think how it affects the story. They did, and I love they also moved the timeline around a lot. Yeah, they did, that's true. Because Shelob's layer happens, uh, in book two, and so does uh, what can't Boromir's death? Boromir's oh, death. Sure. yeah, yeah. I love moving Boromir's death to the end of the first movie because that yeah. gave it a nice. Finality,
0: yeah, show that there were really stakes there too,
1: yeah, yeah. And I, I, Peter Jackson calls out Tolkien saying he, Tolkien got the timeline wrong somehow. I don't remember how, but oh, really? Okay, Tolkien screwed the timeline up himself with She Loves and She Loves Lair should really be in the uh Return of the King, and that's why they put it in Return of the King. Ah, okay, but uh, their decision to take out Tom Bombadil, that I think that was my dad's was still sm- pissed about that. Listen, Tom Bombadil was a uh, amazing character, and he was fun. But what was what's the point in retrospect to telling the story? Sure. And the same goes for the the Scouring of the Shire.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. The, no, the, it's the, true.
1: The, the the plot ends. The movie
0: already has its forty five minute ending. I know. Just does not end. It's still going.
1: It's yeah. Still... So why are you going to add that one part? They paid their homage to it when he looks into the looking glass, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. The the pool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm blanking I, on terms right now.
1: Yeah, in Lothlorien.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
1: And I believe the one, if I, I might be I might be wrong on this again, but Tom Bombadil has that has that that quote about death. Mm-hmm. And I think they give that to Gandalf.
0: Oh, sure.
1: Okay. So, and I think, and that's like my favorite. Um, that's one of my favorite lines about death. After uh, my grandfather died, I put a, a copy of my first book in into his casket to be buried with him. Oh, okay. And I, I inscribed that exact quote about the the white shores and beyond. Oh, that's very nice. So I think changes that they made, whether it was a quote, when somebody says something, um, like Gandalf says, it's not it's about not about it's about what we do with the time that's given to us. Mm-hmm. In in the book, he says it like in the very beginning in the Shire, right? And, and then he says it in Moria, and it's about. I thought everything they did for that those that, those three movies was 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 perfectly done. Right. Right. Like I can't say enough good things about those movies, and he did right by the book. I can't say the same about the Hobbit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: I couldn't get through those.
1: I never saw the third movie.
0: Yeah, it's it's awful. I couldn't do yeah. it. <laughs> Changing direction even from that, then, to go back to what we had talked about before. What movie or what book-to-movie adaptation that's not Stephen King, that's not Tolkien, what else don't you like or what do you like as well? Do you have an example of both?
1: What don't I like? Um, it's just, I didn't like The Lovely Bones. Okay. I think I wasn't a huge fan of the book. Ah. I thought Water for Elephants was... a. Uh... A good one. Mm-hmm. By the way, first of all, these are I enjoyed the books in general. But the, the reason – I had a time where like, I was dating a girl. She would pick the book, and then I would read what she read. Oh, okay. So that, that's why I'm <laughs> going with The Help and Water for Elephants. <laughs> sure. Instead of saying, like, oh, Stephen King, and now that I'm reading The Help. Right, right. But amazing, amazing books nonetheless. You know what? Was, Big Fish. I thought Big Fish oh. was an amazing adaptation. Right, right, right.
0: Now, that was a good movie, too. I never got a chance to read the book. I read it in, like, one evening. It's
1: really, like, 180. 180 pages something like Oh that. okay
0: Maybe I'll do that sometime Because I did Definitely like that Definitely
1: check in Yeah And Be- Benjamin Button Was uh, And that's going Going back to What we Lord of the Rings Yeah uh, Adding stuff to But holy Because Benjamin Button what I think is like A 50 page story Right And I don't even Remember the love story Being in it Oh okay But uh, it's just about A man who You know Ages in reverse Yep And so they took That concept And they just They rolled with it And I thought Benjamin Button it's one of my Favorite movies Wow, okay. Yeah, it's really, really good movie. Very nice. Brad Pitt's a very underrated actor. He can be a good actor when he wants to be. Yeah,
0: (laughs) he picks a lot of shit, but then he picks really good ones as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. (laughs) Oh, how about you, man? So, a big one that always comes to mind is I love the book of I Am Legend.
1: Never read it, but I believe I saw the movie.
0: The movie, to me, is one of the worst things you could ever do cinematically. I hated the, literally the only thing that is the same between the book and the movie. It's literally that he is a man that is named that name. They're not mutant, vampire, creature, whatever the fuck's in the book. The location has changed, the way the story with the dog takes place. Everything is completely different.
1: Yeah, I hate that. I don't. I don't. I never read the book, but uh, I'm tempted now.
0: The book is very good. I mean, it's short. It's a short read too. It's not like it's a long thing or anything. But the whole point of the I Am Legend is that he is actually the last one.
1: Okay. Well, the box was the same way. I remember reading the box, and I said this, this is by uh, Richard Matheson, maybe.
0: Richard Matheson. Well done.
1: Awesome. All right. Yeah, but anyway, the I, I, the movie was terrible. Yeah. I'll tell you. We'll, we'll talk about good adaptations, and I, I'm surprised I haven't. I mentioned it before, The Martian.
0: Yes. Right.
1: First, I'll talk about the book. It gave me. It gave me legit anxiety. Really. I'm a situational reader. Like, mm-hmm. I put myself in that situation, and I, I, I wonder how I would respond. And if I ever, I couldn't join NASA because if they put me in those simulation things, I right. die all the time. <laughs> like, if, even the questionnaire. Like, what happens if you're on Mars and this happens? I'd be. like, oh, I die. I'm dead. So again, but at the same time, I could not put it down. Like I debated calling out at work at the time. Wow! To finish that book, that is a good. It was a such good read, and I think the movie, the movie stuck very true to the book. Okay. They added the ending, Mm -hmm. and like Lord of the Rings, um, the ending they put in was very, like it. It stayed true to the book, but Mm -hmm. it was it was needed. They needed it.
0: Huh? What? Type of ending was added to a movie that I enjoyed better than the book. I know, and this is going back to Stephen King. The ending in the Mist movie was better than the book ending.
1: I haven't read the book, but the Mist movie ends with them blowing, killing themselves, and the truck comes right. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was if okay. he waited, you know, thirty more seconds, they would have been fine. Like okay. that's a brutal, brutal ending. The other one just wasn't. It just didn't hit as hard as that does.
1: Well, I'm going to use this to transition, and we're going to stick on King. But yep. Mist, was, Mist was directed by uh, Frank Donovan. Uh, Darabont, yeah. Darabont, sorry. Oh, yeah. My favorite movie adaptation is The Green Mile. Very nice. Hands down. And he directed it, if anyone couldn't get the correlation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I love the movie itself, the book, everything about it is just... We talk about King not being a closer. Well, he hit the freaking home run on that one. Right. Nothing can you know, be more perfect as far as a story being told is that one.
0: Yeah, Frank Darabont, actually, if I'm not mistaken, he owns the right to the long walk. Oh, does he? If he wants, yeah, if he wants to make that into a movie, because I think that was going to be his next project after he was fired from The Walking Dead.
1: Does King still sell his, his book rights for 25 cents? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I know the deal was he sells it for 25 cents, and if the movie, the movie makes money, then he makes money. Right, and then... Didn't he sell something for 19 – didn't he sell the
0: Dark Tower for, like, 19-something? They always had to have the 19 in it. Then he probably sold it for $19. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> or 19 cent. So, yeah.
1: But, no, that, uh, Darabon bought Shawshank for, I think, like 50 cents or something, and Shawshank made plenty of money for Stephen King.
0: Yeah, Darabon's good. I mean, I would trust him with Stephen King's stuff over most people.
1: Yeah, because he wants to stay true to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, King, like you said, there are books with a lot of fat in it for sure. But when yeah. you get those characters right, it's not going to matter. And I think that was the issue with The Dark Tower is I don't think he got any character right.
1: If I'm not mistaken, I believe the original director for It who left or got fired, he was going to make all these insane changes. I heard about that
0: too. I think these guys did a good job. I, we, I did a whole two and a half hour plus show on that movie in general plus another one on the same thing. I didn't like the ending. But – as a whole, I thought that movie was very good, and I am excited to see what they do with
1: the second part. Well, the plan is, from what I understood, it, from what I understand, is they're going to do the second part, yep. and then they're going to piece it together like the book.
0: Yeah, because they're going to do more flashbacks, right?
1: No, I think they're going to tell the story as the adults, Yeah. and then as either – I don't know if they're going to release it or it's just going to be a, a bonus thing that they put out eventually. Oh. They're going to take, take both movies, and they're going to chop it up like the book's.
0: That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, that's really interesting. I knew they were still, they had already said they were going to do more flashbacks in the second movie, but then also to do what you're talking about, that's pretty innovative.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be cool as a little fun bonus. Yeah. But no, I I, I really enjoyed it. I think they did a, it did a, the last three King adaptations I watched, which was It, 1922, and Gerald's Game were all, we can go back to the Dark Tower, add four, but that—that, you know, that, that, like I said, that movie is what it is. But the last, the last, the last three I saw were, were very good. Gotcha.
0: I was uh, while we were talking, I was also thinking. So off of Stephen King, I really liked American Psycho, the book. I didn't. Not at all. Was it the choppiness of going off and talking about music for a chapter?
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, I think I gave it one star. Wow. On good on Goodreads, I did not like it. And the movie itself is
0: amazing. See, that's the thing. That's where we differ on that one. I think the movie up to the ending, in my opinion, I think actually the director might have come out and said this almost exactly because it was an issue I had. You mostly will think, if you didn't read the book, you're going to think that he didn't actually commit all those murders. Yeah. He wrote it down in his journal. And that was the quote unquote American psycho is everyone's, you know, in their head can do these horrible things, but they might not act on it. Okay. And that's the director came out, I think, and said that. He was like, oh, yeah, that wasn't like I'm disappointed in myself for cutting that so that it looks like that's the way it was. Because obviously in the book, he's just a crazy, crazy psycho killer guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what kind of ruined it for me.
1: I get what you're saying. Yeah, like uh, the the way the book was written, I just – and I don't remember the movie that well. I remember I really enjoyed it. I probably haven't watched it in like ten years now. Oh sure, I forget it. I sometimes blows my mind that it's 2017. I know, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Very um, true. But I did not like the book. There were like when if I'm reading like a book and every every time you're reading a book, sometimes you're gonna get distracted and you're gonna be like, oh, I gotta go back and you know read this last page because I was zoning out. Right. Because it's it's midnight or like you know I gotta decide what I'm making for dinner. But if I'm reading a book and the entire book is like, what did I read? <laughs> oh, Okay. It was that one, because I I think it was a lot of tangents. Oh, yeah,
0: for sure. I don't know why he was necessarily going off on that style, but that's
1: what he does, I guess. I thought The Exorcist was another one that was, uh, and again, I don't like really 80s movies, but I love the book. And then uh, I think the movie did did all right by it. Oh, yeah. Although I I haven't seen any of the remakes or any of that stuff.
0: No, I haven't. uh, All the sequels and stuff, no, I can't. I can't. I'm a big fan of horror movies, but it almost goes back to what you were talking about before. Seeing a horror movie as a TV show is a better way to do it because you can really explore the characters more. Because that's mm-hmm. you know that's what people talk about when they see a horror movie. It's like ah, you don't even care about that character, so who cares if
1: they die? Well, like I said earlier, I like uh, characters drive stories more than plot. For sure. Can you think of anything else? Yeah, I'll read anything. Like I, I, I have a bookshelf behind me right now. Yeah. I got Sp- I got Nicholas Sparks on that.
0: You know, I did Girl with the Pearl Earring, and I did My Antonia and all that stuff. So there are some that I can get into, but I hated those books.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I like to walk through, I'm going to go out, I like to walk through, remember the movie. So here we're going to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get in deep. I've never been notebooked,
0: so I also don't know that.
1: Uh, I've read, I read it and I've
0: seen the movie. Okay, all right.
1: Okay, but I do that <laughs> as far as my Nicholas Sparks line.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> Have you read The Twilights
1: or seen any of those movies? No, I watched – I had a girlfriend once who luckily she hated the books and we were like – so she's like, yeah, screw the books. They're stupid. Uh, Let's try the movie. We got up to the part where he starts – they run up a mountain and he's sparkling. (laughs) And uh, I I was like, no, no thanks. And she was like, yeah, we're on the same page. Okay. So we we turned that off. (laughs) That worked. (laughs) Um, Something about that was – not my cup of tea. And same thing. I saw the first Fifty Shades of. Uh, I saw, saw the first 50 Shades of Grey. Yeah, because a girl, a girl, I did. But right. I never read the, never read the books.
0: I did both movies for the show, but I had obviously never read the books either. It's just fun once you do that, and then you do a show like this. Then it just becomes, let's do a sex talk show, and that's okay. what end up being. So yeah, oh, they're terrible movies. Awful, terrible acting, terrible writing, everything.
1: Oh so you you would what when we were talking about Harry Potter before yep. I did want I did want to say this and um I like I said I started reading a little later on in life. so by the time i I got to Harry Potter, the, the whole series had been released right and but I refused to see the movies because they looked so stupid, right And I'd be like my was like, yo, midnight Harry Potter, I'm like <laughs> not me I'll be, nope. I'll go to bed right. I'm like, Harry Potter's stupid, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. My one friend was like, dude, just read the freaking books. And I'm like, all right, I'll give him a shot. And then I, I breathe through the books. And-, and for the most part, the movies, I will I will say the movies are passable up until the last two. Okay.
0: All right. I thought
1: the I thought the last two were really well done. Oh, okay. But the first six were, I would say, passable adaptations.
0: I stopped. I think I saw the second one and third one. And I think I stopped with the movies when I thought that Dumbledore, and this is getting really geeky, but I thought that Dumbledore was portrayed very poorly in the movies. I specifically remember what, I think it was the fourth one or something, where they put the names in the hat to go into that competition. Yeah. When Harry's name is pulled, Dumbledore like gives him like, this look, like, what did you do? And then he runs into the back room when they're done and starts shaking him. And I specifically remember that Dumbledore did nothing of the kind at any point in any of the books.
1: No, no, I agree that I felt Dumbledore was a little like, uh, I guess, abrasive. Yeah,
0: right, right. I think that's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah, and uh, he definitely wasn't portrayed that way. Well, another uh, Snape, I thought was very. That thing from uh, Family Guy, Alan Rickman. This is Alan Rickman. Oh yes. But anyway, I felt like he was so. He did not portray him the. He did an amazing job. Don't get right. wrong. Right. Um. But he, I feel, he was very like monotone. When Snape, I thought, was so on edge in the books.
0: Yes, I can see that for sure. Yeah. So it's little things like that sometimes that grate on you.
1: Yeah, I man. That's what makes a. Uh, that's what makes it. You know, that those are the little things that makes you know an adaptation go to bed. Very
0: true. Well, hey, man, I am looking at the time, and I think we're gonna have to do a second part of this another time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good idea.
0: But there is one thing I do want to ask you before we end everything, and let me know if this is too long of a question, and maybe we'll save it for next time. But I've always wondered this. When you're an author and you're writing things down, you're deciding on your characters and everything, it's going to sound like a weird question. But how do you decide on
1: character names? Uh, something – well, you know what? Something comes into – your head, and you're just. Well, I'm, I'm bad with names and titles. That's like where I suffer the most. Gotcha. Like I'll, okay. I will sit there making a scene and I need to name a new character. I'll like get up and I'll be like, uh, I'll, I'll just go through different names, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you just land on something and you're like, bam, that is it. Okay. Like uh, the detective, the retiring detective in my first book, his name's Hawkins. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I landed on Hawkins, maybe from the. I always say I landed on it because of the drummer from the Foo Fighters. Oh
0: sure, you're Taylor Hawkins, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But however I landed on it, I was like, "Bam, that's it, and that's badass." And then it, it's like, uh, it's like a catchy song. Yeah. Like if the name, if the name just resonates with you, you're like, "All right, that's how I'm doing it."
0: That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's always been something. You know, even when I sit down and I try and write something, I think about it as, "Oh, should it be like this super cool name? Like, should his name like I think of Final Fantasy is like Cloud, Cloud Strife." like what a fucking cool name that is but you can't name every character that you have to have like some realistic things in your oh, writing yeah as well. and
1: in in the book i'm writing now i uh, i named the character you know, was, for some reason it was not it, it wasn't catchy like the song mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't resonating with me so interesting okay uh and the, but anyway the uh, one day i heard the name Walter yeah and i'm like oh okay that that that's the name i want the character to have not Walter Odim I
0: think that might have been when I saw the movie. (laughs) Gotcha. All right, Jason. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to have links in the description of the episode so that everyone can get your books. But for right now, how is the best way to support you?
1: Well, you can purchase any of my novels at www.jasonpellegrinibooks.com. You'll get them signed. You get a free bookmark. And I know that right there is the deal breaker, not the sign, (laughs) the free bookmark. My books, the. Booth and the replacement, mm-hmm. physical copies are available on Amazon. You cannot get physical copies of the cool kids on Amazon. That's a website exclusive, so if you cool kids again. Nice. JasonPellegriniBooks.com. All three are available on Amazon Kindle and
0: Kindle Unlimited. Very cool. Well, Jason, this was a lot of fun, and we're definitely doing this again because I know we can go even further.
1: Absolutely, and uh, I, I know Ian also hates music, so if yes. you ever want to talk, I got to tell – I got a Telecaster in the background, so I've been playing for like playing for almost twenty years. So
0: I swear to you, when we started talking about kind of the similarities of books and music at the very beginning, I almost went off on that tangent. I said we can definitely do this too.
1: Yeah, well, I got the uh, I got the the, the sleeve of uh, vampires. My my left sleeve, which is the full sleeve, mm-hmm. is all Metallica. Shit, yeah, we're gonna have stuff to talk about. All right. So we'll, do, we'll we'll have another episode. But this was this was fun, man. I love talking about books, and like I said, it, it was nice to talk about something other than you know my inspir. Well, my well little, we but, you didn't my inspiration. Well, We have to. Yeah. 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 But yeah. But it was, it was good to get off of the, right, the usual topics.
0: No, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jason Pellegrini. This was
1: awesome. Thanks, man.